Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Are you serious? Hello there. Welcome to How to Kill an Hour. There's plenty of ways to kill some time out there. Thank you in advance for killing some time with us. My name is Marcus Bronzy. And I am Producer Bill. Hi, Producer Bill. How you doing, mate? Not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Lockdown here is well and truly growing. Yeah, Bill, Bill's looking like I want to take a screenshot at some point. Yeah, or I just I might let Bill do one of those funk like sexy portrait photos that he likes to put on his Instagram. Yeah, where he's got blue steel. But you're looking like a young Hugh Jackman. Do you know what I mean? Because if I call you Hugh Jackman now, you might Google him and you might not find a Wolverine picture. But you're looking like a a young Hugh Jackman. That's what you're looking like. Yeah, it's, it's getting pretty long. Yeah, I can do the old flick now. Go on, flick it off. <laughs> Billy just flicked his hair. He flicked his hair like an influencer in 2015. That's what he did. <laughs> the flick that they do before the final camera adjustment, before they go, okay, guys, hair flick. But um, yeah, man, and today we've got a really uh, cool guest coming up. We've got Amy Fuller. Uh, she is an Olympian, and we're going to have a chat about everything she's been doing. But before that, a little bit of how we've been killing some time. How you how you been killing time recently, Billy? How you been killing um, time? I've been playing Mafia Mafia Two. Really? I played Mafia One, completed Mafia One, the re the re um, remaster. Yeah. Mafia One was a rebuild, like from the ground up for the new for the new consoles, the PS4 consoles. Rema- uh, Mafia Two was just a HD remaster. And what was I it like? Both those. Uh, I enjoyed Mafia One more than Mafia Two, but um, but they were they were all pretty good. I like the stories, and I'm playing Mafia Three. Uh, at some point as well I'm going to presume it's a game where you can choose how mafia you behave in the game right uh, no it's a linear story so is it linear it's an open world but it's a linear story you have to, you have to go, go across are there no choices in there about mafia kind of moves that you can make can you decide to be a good guy or a bad guy no it's just a, it's just a straight story there's no there's no story there's no choice in, <laughs> in, in it how it's mafia you, have you been playing it Bill what do you mean how how much of a mafia mob man have you been while you're playing it? Bad what man. kind of things have you been getting bad <laughs> bad man level? <laughs> it's really interesting though that you're looking back at games like that because a lot of people now uh, with this whole new generation of games that are coming out, people are actually starting to have the conversation about how they're gonna not just the new titles that are coming out on new gen, but how previous gen titles are gonna cross over. And it, it's quite cool because. It means that people are still holding quite a lot of value in current titles or titles that were on the previous generation, like PS4 and Xbox. Yeah, I mean, these ones. These ones came out in September, but um, I've noticed a lot. I've noticed quite a lot of companies are doing 
remasters. And I mean, there's a need, there's a need for speed remaster coming out soon. Yeah. Uh, I think it's like the end of the end of the year, beginning of next. Yeah. Um, that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I've noticed quite a few games looking at the remaster. I think a lot of people, I want to go back and play the games that they played as a kid. Oh yeah. Oh man. And, and speaking about a game, Oh, on the new gen. Yeah. I mean, I am, I, and one game that I am going to enjoy playing on the new gen is one of them is most definitely Spider-Man, the first version that came out on the PS4. And then obviously Miles Morales, bruv, bruv, Billy, amazing computer game. Absolutely amazing. By the time this podcast comes out, we'll actually be able to talk about it. I just said pod come, but let's keep it moving. By the time the pod come comes out, yeah, (laughs) we'll be able to let this be free. But at the moment I'm playing it. I'm not allowed to tweet or say anything about it. I've spoken to other people that have got the embargo, like Mr. Midas. They have managed to really step up the quality of the game. Obviously, because, you know, you've got 60 frames a second at 4K. Um, and also, that what they've done is they've not actually changed too much about the game, Billy. So, what was great about the original Spider-Man game is when you talk to somebody about how they web-sling, they'll be like, well, yeah, when I was web-slinging, when I was flying through the city, I'm like, hang on, bruv, you weren't flying through the city, you're playing a computer game. But then you realize that it's so immersive, the way that you play it, it kind of makes it feel like you're web-slinging. Mm. And what they've done is, with this version, um, with regards to the story, I won't give away too much to spoil it, is you are playing a newer Spider-Man, Miles, who's been bitten by a radioactive spider. So they've managed to kind of capture this glorious power that he has with the spider powers but he's also a bit ropey as well because he's not as he's not as smooth as peter parker yet so um it's a great game and they start to utilize some of the next gen features on the ps5 so you've got kind of a hd rumble should we say or a, a rumble that feels a little bit more interesting so like when there's music or when he was on a train at the start of the game you kind of feel the control pad um you do get extra sounds coming out of the control pad as well, more than you would so out of the PS4. Not Nothing on the trigger buttons yet. I've only managed to have that on Astro. I will say that about the PS5, and I think we're going to have another conversation about it once we have a little bit more time with these next-gen consoles. Bill, I really think the PS5 could be, the, the key to their success could be in their control pad. So we've read about the stats, Bill, like, about like how they have the, the force within the L2 and the R2, so it feels like you're pulling a trigger. On paper, Bill, that sounds cool, right? Doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, when I've been watching videos from like IGN and stuff like that. It was a bit more of a, a deep dive in it than, yeah. than ourselves. Um, and one of the things said he was playing um, Astro. Yeah, and, man. Um, he was springing. He, the, 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 yeah. the little man thing was a spring. And it was, yeah. looked like he actually was compressing an actual spring. 100%. That was quite cool. 100%. The a level of pressure you can get in the L2 and R2 is way more than I thought. I thought it would be like a little bit of pressure. It's like an actual, it's pushback. So they could make it for Astro a spring or a COD game. It could be the trigger of a sniper rifle. It's insane. Honestly, like it... it, it that, that does sound pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. Can you imagine like put, when you pull a trigger, like you feel the pressure, don't you? And you have to pull through it, Right. The, yeah. it's 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 amazing it's amazing what they can do and uh, it's more about the PS5 control pad I like, put the PS4 control pad in my hand put the PS5 control pad in my hand put the PS4 control pad in my hand put the PS5 control pad in my hand and I was just like the 5 control pad looks more edgy and sharp but it sits in your hands really well man it's it's good man it's good 
And I'm pu- I keep asking people out on the net, are you getting PS4 or uh, 5 or are you getting Xbox X? And and yeah, well, if you want to see what those answers are, go check out my social medias. I've, on my Twitter, I'm putting up um, um, polls to see where everyone's at. But I mean, we're in for a treat for both of these generations. And I think I will say that PS5's control pad is the one, but then looking at the... At- well, the, the the acquisition of Bethesda, and then hearing about Microsoft trying to you know acquire more production companies, they might have a real monopoly on some games moving forward. Do you know what I mean? Like Bill, you know I love Fallout. Do you know what I mean? So if that is only an Xbox exclusive, that could be something that pulls me over. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm I'm quite I'd say I'm quite a big gamer. I mean, eventually I'd I'd, I'd have both. I think I'd probably pick up an Xbox when Halo comes out. Yeah. Um, because Halo is another one that's that's really really big. Um, yeah. But the but the controller on the PS5 does does intrigue me, especially with the yeah the new haptic feedback and the triggers. It's nice. I think the haptic feedback at the moment it doesn't feel as cool as like the Nintendo Switch. When I first had that, there was this program and you held the Joy Cons and you rolled them around in your hands and it felt like there were these um baubles inside the control pad. I don't know if the PS5 can do it to that level, um, but it was. It, it, for example, if you go past something like a, a car, or no, if a car drives past you and it's got a loud, loud sound system in, in like a cutscene in, um, in Spider-Man, the new Spider-Man game, you can feel a little bit of that bump through the control pad, so it just immerses you a bit more. So, yeah, man, um, I've been absolutely jamming Spider-Man. Great writing, great way of hooking two Spider-Mans together. Um, uh, and just like with Miles, he's got this new skill called a venom called venom punch basically um which is a totally different type of skill to what the original spider-man has and it adds a whole new dimension to fight and i feel like miles is a bit more of a melee fighter than spider-man you can do a bit more distant stuff but i've not even started started to explore his skill tree so that's one way i've been killing time bill that spider-man game's great and what they've done is made it a great sequel by not changing too much i feel like it's yeah. just they've taken the game given us everything that we can get out of the next gen and made it really cool. Um, so yeah, that's how I've been killing time recently, man. Um, I mean, I loved the first one. The first yeah. one, I almost hundred percented. There's like, and there's like I did, an extra I did, thing, which I'm not gonna go back and do. But. Yeah, I hundred percented it, man. I had to, I had to do it, I had to do it. And e- even the way that you, so I'll be you end up could, doing that on the new one. A hundred percent. And I think you get the, I think you get the old one when you get the new one. I didn't really read too much into it because I don't care for it because I've, I've, I've rinsed the first one so hard I don't really need to play it again. But I think you can play the new one remastered, uh, the old one remastered as well. Uh, and if you have got a 4K TV, flick that 60K on uh, 60 frames a second because it's class, man. Anyway, that's how I've been killing time. Anyway, joining us on today's show, we are going to be joined by Olympian Amy Fuller. Now, she has been to two Olympics and wants to head out to the next one when it happens. ASAP, hopefully. And she's still carving out a very strong broadcasting career at the same time as well. She's a real personality, as you're about to find out. Um, she's built a real forward thinking and engaging social media presence, as well as presenting a host of programs on Red Bull, uh, BT Sport, Amazon Prime. She's been on BBC Ski Sunday. She's also really proactive uh, on her own. During lockdown, she did her Lockdown Lowdown, which was a show where she invited along a bunch of Olympians to talk about all things training and how they're coping behind closed doors. But I don't want to talk too much about that because she's going to talk to us about that during the show. The first thing I wanted to ask this adrenaline junkie that is Amy Fuller was how has lockdown been treating her so far? Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I mean, it's a bit of a madness, really, isn't it? it yeah. It, it kind of feels a little bit surreal. Um, I feel like because it's slightly less strict, there's a few more. It, it almost feels like normal apart from you can't go to restaurants or the gym. But I'm actually yeah. in Northern Ireland and uh, the gyms are open here. So, um, yeah, it's, um, it's a funny one. Um, and I'm just really, really looking forward to the days where hopefully we can travel freely again because i'm starting to feel um, restricted now it's mad isn't it i know this sounds like so privileged but i'm just like i've not got on a flight since february and that feels so weird like not touching down in another country and also i just want to say i'm so jealous of you that you have got gyms because i miss the gym so much i'll be honest with you like, in the gym i can be motivated and get in there regularly but in terms of like working out out and about i think i might have to learn a few things from you in today's podcast amy yeah i mean I actually, so I live in London and yeah. uh, as soon as I heard the news that we were going to go into lockdown, I was like, hi, uh, yeah. so I'm very lucky. Uh, my family live in Northern Ireland and I think it's just a little bit more relaxed here, but they went into lockdown two weeks before we did. So they're yeah. sort of two weeks ahead of the curve, um, yeah. which, which I guess is a good thing. So yeah, it's, it's nice to be home and yeah, it, it does almost feel like a privilege now to, to be able to go to the gym, which is just a madness because that is something yeah. that you know, traditionally you just would do in everyday life and it's, it's not really a big deal. So yeah, especially for an elite sports person like yourself as well. What, what's the crack like in Ireland? It, what's the, what's the mentality like? I feel like in London, everyone's a little bit fed up. We're cracking on, we're doing it, but we're just a bit like, Oh, all right, let's, let's hope this is the last time. But how's Ireland coping? Um, yeah, I think coping well in terms of everyone's getting outside. And I think a lot of people have picked up, new things so over here uh open water cold water therapy swimming is like a huge thing so a year ago if you'd walk down to the local beach because we're on the coast here there would have been no one in the water whereas now like the beach is just swarmed so i walked down there the other night and at like 4 45 so it, it's like pretty dusky it's getting dark and there was hordes of people like out swimming so i think in the like outdoor sort of 
sporting environment it's, it's really positive and there's there's lots of growth in that sector but um in terms of like in the town and stuff um yeah i think the energy is really low and people are really really feeling the effects i just walked into the the local town the other day and you know lots of heads are down and i saw some old school friends and everyone's really really been hit hard by the like sort of economical effects and businesses being closed which is just really really uh, sucks for everyone yeah and it's just to be fair it's just this whole unprecedented situation no one would have expected that you know we could ever be in a situation like this so it's just absolutely crazy like but you know we move we must move on do you know what i mean and you're and a lot of people have have used lockdown to kind of like you said pick up a new skill or come up with something new and one big thing that you've been doing is actually you've been kicking ass we spoke about in the intro of the show just before we got you on was the lockdown lowdown do you want to talk to us about first things first where that came from yeah so um it was in 2017 i went on a tv show called sky sports mission mudder where um i was teamed up with other olympians um from from different sports and we completed like a tough mother overnight, which was uh, quite tough, but really fun. And through that, I made some um, amazing friends and really good connections from people in different sports. And um, I've always been really interested in sport in general and uh, different sports. You know, when you're a professional athlete, you you pretty much eat, sleep and breathe your sport. Um, and I have a lot of respect for the other disciplines within sport. So um Basically, when we got locked down, I was like, right, how can I use this to kind of do something positive and, um, you know, to kind of relate athletes to Joe Public? Because everyone is going through the same thing. It, it, it doesn't matter who you are. Mentally, um, the effects are the same. So I talked uh, to Tom Daly, Chris Froome, Jay Jones, um, Lauren Stedman, you name it, the, the creme de la creme uh, of, of British Olympians and um, chatted to them about lockdown, life in lockdown and how they've adapted and, and found essentially new routines to, um, no, to stick to. Like the Olympic Games got postponed. It's the biggest sporting event in the calendar and for that to be postponed and for your life to essentially be put on hold for a year as an athlete, that's a really, really big deal. Like, if I had been in that position waiting for the Winter Olympics and you're like ready, ready to go, it's like four months out. And then that, that, the biggest thing you're working towards just gets pulled away from you. And especially to some of the older athletes or athletes going through injuries, you know, this lockdown has affected people in many different ways. So, for example, uh, Will Bailey of the Paralympics, um, he was on Strictly last year for table tennis. He actually hurt his knee in Strictly last year and was due to compete at the Paralympics. So for him, this lockdown has been a blessing. Whereas mm. like someone like Jay Jones, who's uh, already got two Olympic golds and she's going for a third, like mentally the strain of waiting another year to try and achieve that is, is a really big ask. So yeah, it was cool just to, to, to tap into the minds of, uh, you know, some friends of the sporting world and um, see how they're coping and relate that to Joe Public. Yeah, I mean, how was it finding people from different disciplines who competed at an Olympic level? Did you find that there were some kind of parallels in your ways of thinking with regards to how you undertake getting yourself to peak fitness and how you kind of got yourselves through lockdown as well? Because like you said, there's so many different disciplines. There's like really skill-based disciplines and then there's ones that use raw physical power. But were there some similarities between your ways of thinking and your mental, your mindsets? 
Yeah, definitely. I think uh, there was there was a general trend of like sort of finding some sort of a routine and sticking yeah. to it. Um, and then for others, they, they saw it as actually an opportunity to have a well-needed break because, you know, a lot of these guys, they train every single day for 365 days of a year and, and a, a day off for them is still like going to do a yoga class and go for a walk. And like, um, so some of the older athletes that I spoke to seemed to take it as a period of, of rest, which was well needed. And whereas the younger ones almost, I think, saw it as an opportunity to, you know, get ahead of the field and, and use practices in, um, yeah, in scheduling to, to kind of keep the motivation going. So yeah, it was, it was interesting across the board, but I think the key thing I took away from it is, um, the, the importance of routine and committing to that, uh, to give yourself some motivation to kind of keep going and, and keep pushing in whatever you're in. 100%. What's your routine like at the moment then, Amy? Talk us through a typical day for you. <laughs> uh, so, so this first like week of lockdown, I suppose I've actually used it to kind of really take a step back. And I'm kind of one of those people who has always been go, go, go since the day that I saw the Olympics was an opportunity for me uh, to go to and then right through my second one. So I've kind of used this as an opportunity to come back to Northern Ireland take a step back for a week and almost kind of implement the, the basics and the fundamentals of a good routine. Because uh, with what I do currently, it's so random and every single day changes. So actually, it's, it's very hard to implement a routine. Um, when you're full time on snow, which I haven't been since February due to the situation, you know, you've it's very easy to form a routine. You get up at seven, you do half an hour yoga, you have a little bit of brekkie, you're straight on the hill, you ride for three and a half hours, come down, have a little stretch, a little bit of lunch. There's a real routine there. But for me at the minute, I'm kind of doing lots of different stuff. So it's almost like taking it back a step and implementing um, the important basics in a routine. So for me, family time, getting up at a similar time every day, whether it be like 7.45 or 8, a reasonable time, going out for a walk, having a coffee, doing a bit of yoga, um, but really stripping it back and kind of appreciating um, just just the basic fundamentals of having this time with my family. And I, I realise I'm very lucky to, uh, you know, be able to appreciate this as everyone is is currently well and healthy. And I think it's just important not to take that for granted in this current time. Yeah, I hear that, man. And be honest with us, though, Amy, like, are you missing the board, though, so much? You must be... So I'll be honest, in, in, that, <laughs> in that routine, <laughs> I have been looking at every which way to go snowboarding right now. Um, as muddy it's hill? That's a muddy hill and there's a bit of wood there. I'm just thinking, if I <laughs> strap my feet to that, maybe. Uh, yeah. As it is my profession, though, you can travel yeah. for work, but there's yeah. just a lot of loopholes and I don't want it to jeopardize like further work yeah. if that makes sense so um, i'll let you in on a little something I'm not told anyone this yet but um i'm hoping to go to finland this sunday actually so uh fingers crossed for that it's it's a bit it's just tricky it's tr travel yeah. is is not straightforward right now so um yeah fingers crossed i can make that happen because um it'd be really good to get get back on snow and kind of keep things ticking over 
Yeah, well, uh, yeah, you know, I hope you manage to get out there and, and continue to train because that's what you, you know, that's what you want to do. And um, it's not the only board that you want to get on or you have been on. I mean, I'm just on your Instagram before we jumped on the chat today. And yesterday you put up a sick picture. I want you to describe what you posted because this is this looks gnarly, man. Uh, the wake surfing. Yes. Yeah. No, no, you're not just wake surfing, though. Can you just <laughs> clarify what is going on in that picture? Because you're catching mad air. Yeah, so I guess it was like, yeah, not, yeah, la- yeah last year I, yeah. I went for the first time to Thorpe Park randomly. It's called <laughs> LDB. And, um, Is that Thorpe Park in the background in this picture? Yeah, 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 oh, yeah. yeah you can. Ju- yeah, all right. We'll, we'll make sure we put a link to this in the show description so everyone can see what we're talking about. Because, wow, I just realized that. All right, cool. Um, and it's, yeah, it's, it's essentially like surfing uh, behind a wakeboard boat. So you throw the line. And then you just surf this continuous wave. And I've always like sort of dabbled with a bit of surfing. and But it's very hard. But the skills do really translate from snow sports. Um, but to just have a continuous wave, like uh, the room for progression is huge. So, you know, I started going at the start of summer. And before I knew it, like I was inviting my friends out. And we had like the sickest crew. And two of my friends who have, no, three of them who have, never done it before like one of them snowboarded once and we're all like obsessed it's like a ritual we go down every single week get a big crew of people out and then obviously because it's outside and you can social distance and um for me it was just like the best outlet um this summer you've got the tunes blasting a bunch of friends and uh, a never-ending wave so lots of room to learn stuff which makes it really really addictive yeah, well, you know what? Here, here is to try that. I mean, that looks—I don't know—that looks kind of crazy. Like I look, I'm just, the air you're catching. I'm like, I hope you land. Did you land that though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. Because right. <laughs> <laughs> I could take that picture in midair and look like I'm going to land it. But if you took a picture half a second later, it would That's be a mess. That's the crazy thing with action sports. You could just hurl yourself off like a jump or anything and yeah. uh, and claim it. But yeah, that, you're not allowed to do that. <laughs> All right, cool. Fair enough. I learned my lesson there. Um, that's not the only sport that you've kind of dabbled in as well. I mean, there's loads that we can get into. Another big thing that you kind of got into in 2019 was running in North Korea. Um, and that was, that, you know, as a marathon that you undertook there. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Because that's just a totally different way of putting your body through its paces. Yeah, 100%. That was definitely um, one of the best things I've ever done. Um, so I'm sponsored by Tank Hoyer, the watches, and um, after the 2018 Olympics, I went and watched the marathon on the finish line. And I'd always like joke to my mom, being like, "Yeah, we should do a marathon." And I've never really been able to do it because the impact is so much, and you know that would affect my snowboarding. Uh, but I thought, well, it's the year after the Olympics. If ever there's a time to do it, uh, now's the year. So um, I messaged my mom, was like, "Do you want to do it next year?" And she's like, mm, "Don't know." Let's have a think about it. And we'd always said if we were going to do it, we'd do it together. And um, she said, give me a couple of days. And then she messaged me. She's like, yeah, I'm in. So um, managed to get two spots in the marathon, started training around like January time. And at the end of January, I went out for a run in Richmond Park with like a friend from back home. And um, I just put on my Instagram story, like just being for a run in Richmond Park, training for the London Marathon, got completely lost, covered in mud. Um, next thing, someone that used to work at Sky, who now works at the Image Channel, messaged me going, hey, I see you're training for a marathon. You right. fancy doing another one, do you? And I was like, 
no, nah, nah, you're all right. She's like, <laughs> it's in North Korea. And I was like, wow. tell me more. Uh, so basically, because I was running London, that came about, this opportunity. And six weeks later, I was on a plane to North Korea to film a documentary about the power of sport and how it can bring people together. And it was just a madness, honestly. Um, to like leave your phone and everything and be totally disconnected from the outside world for 10 days was um, just one of the highlights. <laughs> yeah, I was going to I was going to ask you like because that's quite an that's quite an interesting thing. I think the longest I've been without my phone is probably 36 hours because it broke and I've spent most of those 36 hours trying to get the next one lined up. 10 days without your device. What how did that make you feel? Oh, it made me feel like so free and so um like you don't have to answer to anyone, you know, like with your phone and we have these notifications and pinging and I've actually turned all of those off now because it is so addictive and, and we almost, or I find myself becoming like accountable to my phone. I mean, like now I've even got it like right here and I'm just like, why I'm doing this, you know, and, <laughs> yeah. and it, it's such a big distraction and I think we waste so much time on it and it was so interesting because, you know, there was a small crew of like eight of us, uh, the director, um, you know, a couple filmers, audio guy, a direct, and yeah, a producer. So there were like eight of us and we all became really close and especially because we were in North Korea, it was so strange and it really brought us together. But what was so interesting was the minute we landed back in China, got our phones back because we'd left them in like a vault in Beijing, um, everyone just went, we all went back on the bus and everyone was just like, like checking, checking, checking. And we didn't even speak barely at all. Wow. Cause we'd not had them for 10 days. And it was just like, it was so liberating not having them. Yeah. You forget how heavy you can feel sometimes when you've got loads of notifications or when you've got your emails open, like something, one thing I do once in a while is I'll like move my apps around. Like, yeah. And then I realize that I'm like, that will make me click into realizing, oh, well, I'm searching for this app or I'm searching for this because if usually you just go into it or automatically. So it's really interesting to be like without your phone for a little while or realize what your habits are and how much we're kind of like just attached to them. But, you know, you can, we, we're using our phones for good things as well. And like, including yourself on social media, you've got the full send grant, which is great. I mean, it's really good to hear uh, like Olympians and athletes kind of taking um, charge of, of trying to help others. And I think the full cent grant was an amazing thing that you took upon yourself. Like, let's get into that as well, please, Amy. Yeah, I was, I guess it was like the start of lockdown. I think it was literally like last Thursday. And I was just yeah. like, I was scrolling, scrolling on social media and everyone's like, lockdown, lockdown Eve. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, damn, if I hear another thing about lockdown, like, yeah, okay, you know, this is crazy. Like the whole country's getting shut down again but like I really wanted to kind of like put something positive out there because I was just sick of all this negative yeah. energy um so essentially it's a bit of a bold punt it was funny because I was like oh, I said to my mom I was like yeah I'm thinking of just like I'll give away a grand and she's like are you mad because <laughs> they're like doing up their house and stuff. <laughs> uh, and my brother's like doing up his you know and he's got like, donate it to me, man. Donate me that yeah, grand. I could have had that grand. Um, and yeah, I mean, hopefully it will inspire some of the younger generation of snowboarders to kind of get editing during this time, 
put a bunch of clips together. I've said that I want three tricks from jumps, three tricks from rails, edited together. I'm giving 500 pounds to a boy, 500 pounds to a girl. Um, all under the age of 16. Um, they've got to be British. It's got to be filmed in the UK. So it's like proper grassroots. And I know if I'd seen something like that, like 500 quid when you're like, I don't know, any age from 12 to 16, uh, to help with your snowboard is huge. It's like that could buy you a season pass or like, you know, 20 sessions at a snow dome or yeah. even a, a new snowboard setup. So um, yeah, hopefully it's just like something a little bit positive. And, you know, it's, it's a minor really for the whole situation, but that's just my way of giving a little something back. I hear that. I mean, I'll take 500 quid at any age. So I think that's a great, <laughs> it's a great bargain. I mean, that kind of leads you on to, to me on to kind of asking you, I know these are kind of obvious questions that you must get asked all the time, but it kind of makes me think that you did this for a reason when you did this grant and throwing back to when you were getting into snowboarding, I'd like to know, you know, way before you were kind of thinking about even competing on a high level, when did you first hit the slopes and kind of know that snowboarding was for you? Uh, so I, was, I tried it once when I was eight because my cousins live in Toronto. Right. Uh, so I went with my cousin Robert and my mum actually. And I remember really, really wanting to like conquer it and it just been so hard. I literally like got the board and like launched it. Like cause <laughs> it's, it, it's really like it's quite an aggressive sport to learn. Yeah. Um, but I just thought it looked so cool. So that was kind of my first experience. And then I always skied on dry slope as a kid from the age of four. I used to go to Bromley Dry Ski Slope. And uh, that was kind of like what I did every Saturday. And um, I always wanted to try snowboarding. But at that time, they didn't really have snowboards small enough. So I was 12 and I lived in America for three and a half years. So cool. essentially, I traded skiing on plastic for snowboarding some friends from school uh invited me and we went to pennsylvania which was an hour and a half away from where i'm living i was living and um i just gave it a go and like i absolutely loved it and then for the next three and a half years all i did was dream about snowboarding um you know if i could go at the weekend um, and when i was 16 right before we moved back to the uk um i got spotted by someone who uh, would be in a similar position to me now. Uh, she snowboarded for Roxy. She was coaching on a summer camp and she recommended me to Roxy in Europe. So I started school Sick. back in the UK, thought oh, I'll never be able to snowboard again. Um, you know, like that's it, that's done. You know, like, you know, the thought of even flying to Europe and, you know, all of that is was a big deal, you know, at the age of 16 because it's, it's not cheap, you know. And... Um, I literally did like three days at school, came home from school and I had this phone call and it was like, hi, Amy, this is Stina Brunkeldus, uh, the Roxy European team manager. And we'd like to invite you to Sasfe on the 10th of October. So that was like in September. And uh, yeah, that was 10th of October, 2007. And that completely changed my life. And um, I did that one trip with them, got sponsored by Roxy. And then in the December, I got invited to... Uh, like an international competition through them which was like a six star TTR somehow with no practice totally winged it got in the finals and um, yeah then we were off the trajectory yeah. was set <laughs> and um, I didn't go to school too much after that <laughs> <laughs> you just the slopes were your school that's where you're schooling yourself yeah life lessons life, life lessons, lessons. on the road 
<laughs> I hear that. So what advice have you got for youngsters that want to get into snowboarding? I know we're in lockdown now, so let's just presume when we're out of this situation, what kind of what kind of advice you want to give anyone that's young and wants to get to a position where you are, you know, two two Olympics down and looking to do the next one? Um, I think my biggest bit of advice would be to like em- enroll, embrace yourself in the local snow sports community. So I think often many people are unaware of actually how many dry slopes and snow domes there are in the UK. But I think there's like five or six uh, indoor centres now. You know, you've got Hemel Hempstead, Milton Keynes, there's one in Leeds, there's one in Tamworth, a few in Scotland, Manchester. And they're definitely like the hub of like freestyle in the UK for sure. And there's loads of little clubs and groups to encourage people to get together to learn. Um, But also the dry slopes as well. So I think just kind of embracing like the local snow sports community, getting involved, meeting people, and then just riding as much as you can. Um, The more time you spend on snow, it's like walking or cycling, um, the better and easier it becomes. I hear that. I hear that. All right, cool. Um, Is there anywhere in the UK where you can snowboard where it's like natural? Is, Is that possible at any time of year? Yeah, actually, um, I went to Scotland for Sports Personality of the Year last year, uh, which was in Aberdeen. And uh, I went with my friend, uh, Kaz Demores. She's a football presenter, never skied or snowboarded in her life. And we (laughs) we rented a car and drove like three hours into into the mountains there. (laughs) And it was dumping i have never oh. seen so much snow in the uk and uh yeah we were really lucky they kind of like opened up the lifts for us because the season hadn't started yet it was in early december um and that was just mega like i think i will never take it for granted snowboarding in the uk because there's something really special about the energy so prior to that i've snowboarded in the cairngorms in scotland in the highlands and let and every single time I've been honestly I can say even if the conditions aren't great there is just something magical about riding yeah at home on British snow it's just it is it's surreal so yeah get yourself to Scotland all right cool that's it but it kind of I kind of liken it to a day where it's hot enough to go to a British beach do you exactly know what I mean? Like, like, so you're like, what? It hot? It's as hot as Spain. Do you know what I mean? You'd be like, oh, it's like Italy. Do you know what I mean? With, with regards to to snowboarding and skiing, that sounds awesome. And you also mentioned a few facilities that are really good in the UK for indoor snowboarding and skiing as well. Can you just run through a few of those? Because I know our listeners might want to get into it, and they might want to know like where are some hot spots where there's great facilities or great places to learn. Cool. So if you're in London, probably the closest one is the Snow Centre in Hemel Hempstead, and you can cool. just like jet out from Houston. It's like 20 minutes on the train, uh, five minutes in the taxi. So definitely recommend that one. You've got Milton Keynes. Uh, you've got Tamworth. You've got one in Leeds, Bradford. Uh, I think I've been there once. One in Manchester. And then there's definitely one in Glasgow. And there might even be another one, but I don't know. Okay, fair enough. I mean, yeah, that's a good list. I'm sure everybody has Google, but it's always always good to hear what you recommend. You know what I mean? Like, hey, listen, I want to go there because Amy hits those slopes. <laughs> um, you've mentioned yoga a couple of times in this podcast. You're quite into your yoga, aren't you? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's something that has helped me a lot, both like mentally and physically, um, through periods of time where I've been like probably exhausted, both like mentally and physically. So 
kind of in between the travel cycles of the Olympics, like you had like five or six contests back to back, you finish one competition, you know, it's done at 6pm and that night you're flying uh, out of another airport and onto the next one. And um, for me, yoga was just something that seemed very transportable and something that really helped me through what I was doing because snowboarding is very like intense on your body. And I think it just like really put an emphasis on the importance of recovery, but also like you can really build the intricate muscles through yoga. So a lot of times when you get an injury, uh, you know, either in snowboarding or in everyday life, you're told to rehab it. And traditionally I've found rehab, very physical rehabilitation, very, very tiresome, monotonous and boring, you know, like with the bands and you're doing all this tiny stuff or like this on the wall. And um, so basically I found yoga as a way to sort of like incorporate those little movements, but into like a bigger practice. So it didn't seem so monotonous. So for me at the time, I'd done like a grade two on my lateral ligament in my ankle. So I had to do a lot of balance stuff. But I mean, who wants to just like stand on one foot, like in the middle of the yeah. day doing random stuff? So um, I just incorporated it into sort of like flexibility routines and balance. And I just do like 20 to 30 minutes in the morning before snowboarding and then like 20 to 30 minutes after snowboarding. So it just, I just found it it made everything more fluid and, and work better. So, um, yeah, I guess I kind of got like hooked on it. Um, and then after the games, I actually did my yoga teacher training in London um, just because I wanted to, you know, like learn more about it. And um, also it's just a really useful tool for me to have. So when I host workshops or like retreats, um, I can then kind of, share the love uh, on how it's helped me. That's awesome, man. Like, um, I'll be honest, I'm stiff as a board. So I have, <laughs> I've dabbled in yoga here and there, but what I can relate to, and I will, I do want to do more. And I think it's probably something that I'll be able to do much more in lockdown. But um, I had a, I like did my rotator cuff. Basically my shoulder <laughs> almost pulled itself out when I was, <laughs> I was actually on the slopes, but I don't want to discuss that too much. <laughs> you, laugh, you laugh at me, but um, yes, yeah, so I mashed up my shoulder and, and rebuilding my rotator cuff was, frustrating way more mentally than it was physically oh, for me yeah. like long story short it was it, it probably took most of the first lockdown to get back and I found that like I could relate to you so much how how frustrating it is to just want one you just want to get back to where you were yeah. do you know what I mean and that whole process can be frustrating so it's always good to hear someone like yourself talk about how you got through things and how you didn't just kind of try and rush it or push it but you found your way of working through it you know what I mean and, and yoga that sounds really really interesting but yeah when you were talking about that I was just thinking about me sitting there having to do these little exercises like climbing my hand up a wall like yeah. a spider thinking oh, you, it's you feel like an, you feel weird don't you, you feel you, you know yeah. you're doing right but it just feels like I want to do something do you know what I mean uh, yeah. I can relate to you because I've done that one as well. It's just, yeah, it's just like your arms kind of just hanging and you're like, why is it not working? Yeah. Like I just want to get a mug out. I, I think I was, I'd always go to get a mug out of the cupboard and I'd have to like, look at my hand. Like I was a superhero trying to mentally move my hand. Like, but you know, you get there in the end and you know, now, now I'm, I'm back to full strength. What other injuries have you got? Cause let's be honest, your, your sport is a very physical one. So what have you done over the years? Give me the rap sheet, Amy. Uh, so I socket, uh, fractured I socket. Yeah. Like if, if you look at my face sideways, you can notice it, but you can't Jesus. really front on. 
You know. Um, yeah, rotator cuff twice, AC joint on this side. I've got like a lump there. Collarbone, uh, ribs, um, coccyx. Oh, that was the worst. Oh, it was horrible. Be um, honest, that's 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 the bone that's like right at the bottom of your spine. Oh, so did you yeah. did you fall on your you fell on your bum? That's what yeah, it was. Literally like air chaired, like the ball oh. out of me, and I was just flying through the air and just bang. Oh, it was horrible. Um, and then I've suffered really badly from bruised heels. It sounds really random, but when you bruise them so much, you can't even like put any pressure on them. So I was like, oh, it's awful. I was like crawling through Geneva airport on my knees after X games. Um, so yeah, that, that sucked. And then, then just like some sprains and ligament damage to the ankles. But yeah, it sounds, uh, sounds worse than it is, you know, over a 16 year period. I'll, uh, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, man. That's, that's pretty good actually, because, um, you, you've not given me every single joint in your body and there's some people there in your sport that seem to, all they do is injure themselves. Do you know yeah, what I mean? No, so. I kind of, held my cards close to my chest and uh, always played it relatively safe. <laughs> I hear that, man. I hear that. And that's, uh, that's what the yoga is probably good for as well, keeping your body in tip-top condition. But anyway, I just want to say thank you very much for joining us on the show, Amy, and having a chat about what you've been up to and what you've got coming up. And just thanks for like trying to spread a positive vibe out there. And, you know, it feels like you're someone who's used lockdown to kind of find their own way to be creative and also just to help others out there. Where, where, where do you want our listeners to kind of go and look for you next, really? Are we going to get some more of your lockdown content um, or, or are we just going to see you catching mad air on Instagram when you get over to Finland? Uh, yeah, definitely. There will be, um, well, it's going to be called Life in Limbo season two with nice. uh, further Olympic athletes that I'm filming in December, hopefully to be released in January at the half year to go mark before the games, um, yeah. as well as, yeah, just find me on the gram. Okay. Full of bean coffee, get yourself some full send blend coffee. Um, but yeah, until then, um, I suppose the best place to stay up to date is on Instagram. Yeah, that was, was that Amy, A I M E E underscore Fuller, F U L L E R, right? Yes, you've done That's your cool. homework. Unreal. Hey. On top of that. I'll, I'll be honest, Amy, ain't my first podcast. Uh, before we let you off the show, though, um, we always ask um, how people have been killing time outside of what they do, right? So outside of the yoga, outside of the snowboarding, what are you up to? It could be an appy thing because technically we're a techie podcast. What have you been doing? Do you play a game? Do you chill out? Do you just go for a walk? What is it? I've, I've been walking a lot, actually. Yeah? Uh, yeah, loving, loving the walking these days. Um, I think that's something that like lockdowns really inspire me and um yeah just nice to be outside um been watching the full binged all all like 15 hours of that Jeez. Um, super like relevant as i'm back in belfast so i'm not a big sort of like series watcher and um that one got me so uh yeah Jillian anderson up, yeah she's yeah. a boss she is isn't she fancy her you know I really oh, do. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I get a crush. Whenever she's on the TV, I'm like, Julia. Yeah, she's a I might watch that as well then. All right, Wiki, well, thank you very much, Amy. Um, you can find me at Marcus Bronzy on all the social medias and obviously How to Kill an Hour, this podcast. Just type it into Google and you'll find us. Amy, thank you for joining us on the show. I really want to catch up with you like a little bit closer to the Olympics before kind of things get too crazy for you and you're kind of having to hit the slopes every day. It'd be good to kind of catch up with you and have a talk about all the content that you're putting out. Thanks for joining us on the show. Um, there's plenty of ways to kill some time out there thank you for giving some time with us thank you so much the best
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.